Well, the Bible says everybody that has breath, praise the Lord. Come on, can we give a shout like never before this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Sam wants me to sit down. I'm not going to sit this morning. Come on, be seated, please. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yay. Brother, every photo, $100. <laughs> you count it, I'll give you the cut. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice. I did not understand this for long, but maybe a couple of years back when I was reading and the Holy Spirit said, you will rejoice today because I'm turning your defeats into victory. You will rejoice because I'm turning your sickness into healing. You will rejoice today because I'm turning your mourning into dancing. And from that day, every day in the morning when I get up, I shout aloud and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Church, you need to get up every morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And let the devil hear that. And then he will not be able to come anywhere near you. Because if God is with you, who can be against you? I'm so honored to be here this morning. I count it as a great honor and a privilege to stand here and share what God has put in my heart. I want to thank Pastor Tak for allowing me to come here and share and uh, to speak to you this morning. Um, I'm from Indian Evangelical Team, and my name is uh, Shaji Vargas. And uh, I've been working with this organization for probably last 22 years. Don't ask my age, please. Uh, I've been working with them. Uh, I've been working with this organization for last 22 years. My father was a leader with this organization. So, in in other words, I grew up with this organization. This organization was founded by Dr. P. G. Vargas. Uh, he was an army man. He was working in the Indian Army, but God called him. He left the work in Indian Army. He resigned his job, and he started doing the work of God in the most northern part of India, in the state of Jammu and Kashmir. And what started as one man in the year 1972, God has led us to plant little over 11,000 churches in North India. In last year alone, we planted 742 churches which means more than two churches every day of the year. We baptized more than 15,000 people last year. 54,000 plus people raised their hand and they received Jesus Christ in different parts of North India. Isn't that amazing? You know, God is doing great things in the nation of India. We have trials, we have persecutions, we have challenges. And people ask us, how do you do it in India? You know, the government is against us. The people are against us. I have three cases going against me. I can be arrested any day. I had to run out of my town last year. Pastor Tak knows about it. We were having a conference and the anti-Christian people came and they started attacking me and the police were there to arrest me. I had to run away. I had to run away from my town with my wife and we were hiding for four days. I never thought that I would go back to my town again. But the Holy Spirit said, I have called you to be in that town and I will protect you. And we have gone back there and we are still doing what God has called us to do. Few, few months back, I was having a meeting and I was coming back from the villages of Orissa, one of the uh, state of India. One person kept, came and kept an AK-47 on my head. Imagine that. But God was 
faithful and he is faithful even today. People ask us, how do you do it? How do you plant so many churches in North India? I have only two answers. One is the grace of God is upon us. Number two, because people around the world are praying for us. And I believe like this, when you pray here, we have churches planted in North India. I believe that when you pray for us here, we have souls being saved in North India. So this morning, even before I start sharing what God has put in my heart, can I request you that if, if you would promise to yourself that you would remember us every day in your prayer. Remember Indian Evangelical Team, IET, very, very, very easy to remember. Remember in your prayers, maybe for 30 seconds a day, even while you're driving or even when you're brushing your teeth. You know, that's easy. God bless the work of IET in North India. And together, we will... Win the nation for Jesus Christ. No matter what is against us. But my Bible says our God is a God who brings difference among the Israelites and the Egyptians. And he's a God who stands with us. And if he's with us, no power of the government, no animal, no beast, nothing of this world can stand against a child of God. And so together we will do it. Amen. As we were worshiping here, I really felt the power of God here. I felt a great presence of God here. And I want to tell you what God told me. God is telling me that this church is going to touch many nations. This church is going to touch many nations. And you are going to, you are going to have many churches being, many nations being represented in this church, even on your Sunday worships every Sunday. I don't know how many nations are being represented here, but I'm, I'm saying this is the beginning. God is going to do some great and awesome things in the days to come. God just took me to that verse in 2 Kings chapter, two, 2 Kings chapter 6, I believe, where the sons of uh, Elisha came to him, and they said, the place that we dwell in has become small for us. And you know, no place becomes small. You people are more educated than me. You have more brains than me. And you would know that if this, this, this building is about 4,000 square feet, it's not going to shrink. Even if it's going to snow, it's not going to shrink. But, I mean, how did the number, uh, I mean, how did that place become small? The, the place became small because the number of the people grew there. Let me tell you, church, the, the day is going to come when this church is going to become small. I said this church is going to become small. You're going to have people, watch my words, you're going to have people who will stand and queue outside to get into the church for the second service. God is going to do something awesome here. Hallelujah. Let, let's turn our Bible to Mark chapter 2, the gospel of Mark chapter 2. Father, we come in your presence this morning. We want you to speak to us, Lord. We don't want to hear a man's voice, no, Lord. What can man speak to us? But we want to hear your voice, Lord. Touch us, refresh us, renew us this morning, Lord. Let us not go back the way we have come in. But we want to go back filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Let's be somebody who will bring changes in this society, in the neighborhood, and in our nation, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We have always enjoyed your pastor. He has been with us maybe three, four times by now. And we are eagerly waiting for him to come next year. Let me tell you, church, you got a great pastor. You got a great pastor, you know. You're, you're, you're so blessed. He has not given me money to say this. He has just promised me that he'll buy me a lunch. 
Anyway, you, you got a great pastor, great pastor. Last year he was with us and he was speaking to, that was the second time he was speaking to our key leaders. He was speaking to over 250 key leaders of Indian evangelical team. Last year he came and he, he started preaching and he started prophesying. And that was the, exactly the things that we were growing, going through on those days. And you know what? We have made him a permanent speaker for our leaders meeting every alternative year. We have not done with anybody else in the whole world. So you are so blessed to have a pastor in Pastor Tak. I want to thank him for once again, and I want, I want to, I mean, I enjoy Pastor Sam also. I had the opportunity to have both of them come and stay with us, and we gave them some good hot, hot spicy curries. <laughs> and that made them to run with fire. <laughs> Mark chapter 2. Well, I got a book with me, and we have a book stall somewhere, and... Uh, we, I just have few copies. This talks about the different testimonies of the people who are working with us. So if you would like to have a copy, you can grab it. I just have few uh, with me. You know, as an Indian evangelical team, we have a passion. We have a, we have a commitment that no matter what happens, we want to reach North India with the love of Jesus Christ. We, ha we, have, a, we have a slogan, reach the unreached at any cost you know no matter what happens and and many of our pastors they have they have sacrificed everything to reach the people with the love of Jesus Christ last year in the month of July on 10th me and Abby one uh, uh, my friend and, and and with whom I call it this organization we both were sitting together and suddenly we get a phone call and and we, we were in our tears one of our brother one of our leaders he was in in a state of in the state of Chhattisgarh and in July we have very high rains in India, it's monsoon time. And this pastor, he was only about 37, 38. He went to one of the villages to preach the gospel and he went there, he had evening meeting and he was coming back from there and it was drizzling. He was on his motorbike and he came to a place where there was a small bridge or a culvert there and he had to cross that to go to his village. And he had been through this culvert several times in his life and, and he, he, he never thought it would be a danger. So when he came to that culvert, there was water overflowing that, that bridge. And he has crossed that bridge with that much of water many times. But this time when he came on top of that bridge, suddenly a flash flood came from the mountains and our brother was swept away. Wow. For three days we searched for his body, but till today we have not found his body. A week later, some of our leaders went to his wife and his three children, very small children. The youngest one is about four or five year old. Went to them and said, why don't you go back to South India? They are from South India and they, are, they were cross-culture ministers to North India. Why don't you go back? We will try to build you a house there. We will try to give your children the best education we can. We will support you financially. Go back to Kerala. Go back to South India and, 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 and be there. This, le this leader's wife, she looked at one of our leaders and said, my husband came here to reach the no matter what happens, he used to go every day and preach the gospel. I am not going to go back to my place, but I'm going to stay here in midst of these challenges, in midst of this crisis, and I'm going to preach the gospel. Church, we need to be somebody who will go to the people who have never heard the gospel. Two days back, I was in the car and I was, uh, and I was listening to this radio, Rema, and suddenly I heard Pastor Tak speaking there familiar voice and he said one thing you should be happy that you are living in a neighborhood where there are no Christians that touched my heart are you reaching your neighbors 
Are you reaching your friends? In eternity, when you are there, from down there, they should not say, you should have shared the gospel with me. We have a duty to reach the people who have never heard about Jesus Christ. The clock is saying 23. Is it 11 o'clock in the night? Okay. Mark chapter 2. And again he entered Capernaum. I have a discipline. I have a discipline to read at least, not read. I read newspaper every day, but I meditate upon the word of God every day. I meditate. Bible is not something that you need to read, but you need to meditate upon. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 11, God, I've kept your word in my heart. You and I need to have the word of God in our heart. When the devil comes against you, the most powerful weapon you can ever use is the word of God. Can somebody say amen to that? Even when Jesus was tried by the enemy, by the devil, he did not say, come on, I'm son of God and I'm coming out of 40 days of fasting. Don't come and mess with me. He said, thus says the word. If Jesus needed the word of God, how much more you and I need it? So we need to have a habit to read the word of God every day. Meditate the word of God every day. And so one day when I was reading, when I was meditating, God started speaking. Holy Spirit started speaking from this chapter. And I just want to take you maybe for next 15, 20 minutes on what God spoke to me and what Holy Spirit uh, uh, showed me. And again, that means Jesus had been there before. Again, again, that means Jesus had been to this town before. So I really wanted to see when Jesus went to this town before this. So I went to chapter 1 again and I started reading. And in verse 20, when I, uh, uh, when I come to verse 21 of chapter 1, I see then Jesus and his disciples, they came to Capernaum. Capernaum was an important town of those days. It was a town of trade. And it was counted to be one of the most important town. And Jesus ministered to revolve around this town for, 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 for many months and many, 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 uh, much of his ministry. And now he is there. Let me go very fast. Now let's come to verse 32. Now in the evening when the sun had set, probably after 7 o'clock in the evening, 8 o'clock in the evening, I don't know, but it's, it's late in the evening. After the sun had set, Jesus Christ started ministering to the people, people who were sick, and those who were demon possessed, they were brought to Jesus Christ. And verse 23 says, and the whole city had gathered there together. So it was not people in tens, but probably people in hundreds who had got, gathered there to hear from Jesus Christ, to receive a ministry from Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, wherever Jesus is, there is blessing. Wherever Jesus is, there is breakthrough. Wherever Jesus is, there is victory. If you have Jesus in your family, you have a victory. If you have Jesus in your life, you have breakthroughs. Because the Bible says, those who trust in the living God, Psalms 125 verse 1, those who trust in the living God are like Mount Zion. Psalms chapter 1 says, if you trust in the name of the living God, you will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers. And whatever you do, your Bible may say something that you do. No, my Bible says whatever you do, you will be successful in that. So people had come to Jesus Christ, and then Jesus healed many who were sick. Who is Jesus? He has the power to heal you from every disease that you are in. You may be having heart disease this morning. You might be going through cancer. You might be having something in your body. But this morning, if you will come to Jesus Christ, he has the power to give you a perfect healing. Last month, last, last year I was preaching in a, in a very small village and there were about 5,000 people there and small village, 5,000 people. I was 
I was there and I was preaching there. And as I was preaching, God showed me that there's somebody here who is totally blind. And I called out and said, there's somebody here who is blind and God is, God is healing you right now. I said that I finished my message and I went back to the place I was staying. Next morning I was there again at 11 o'clock to preach for the first session. And I was sitting right in the first row. A young man, maybe 26, 27, came forward and said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. I said, tell me what do you want to talk about? He said, last night I was here. I was brought, I was brought in here by two of my friends. I could not move. I just sat on one chair there because I could not see anything. I was 100% blind. Four years back, some medical, medical reaction happened and I, be, I turned totally blind. But last night when you said that there is a blind man here, I just believed and I kept my hands on my eyes. And this is the first time I'm hearing about Jesus Christ. But I believed. And he said, when you said amen, I took my fingers off and I could see 100%. There's nothing impossible for God. Your money may have limitations. Your educations have limitations. Your family background has limitations. Your muscle power has limitations. But you serve an unlimited God. Your God is more than able. No matter what you're going through, if you come to Jesus, he will give you a breakthrough. He healed the people there. And he Casted out demons. Nothing can stand in front of Jesus. For his name is above all other names. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That includes your problems also. Yeah. I can stand here and tell you stories and stories. How God has brought difference in the lives of people. Yeah. I have seen AIDS being healed. I have seen cancers being healed. I have seen dead walking again. Wow. In the name of Jesus. Your doctors may have given you a negative report this morning, but you have an unlimited God. Let me go fast. Now, after the clock is running. You know, we Indians, we don't preach according to the clock. We preach according to the calendar. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, next time when I'm coming, Pastor Tak, We'll go from Sunday morning till Tuesday evening. <laughs> now in the morning, I don't know what time Jesus slept, honestly. He ministered to everybody there was present. I mean, and Jesus is not a God who would just collectively say, be healed. He would minister to everybody personally because he's a God who loves you personally. And now, I don't know what time he slept, maybe 12.30 in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, I don't know. But after ministering to everybody, he went to bed. And he would have been a very, very tired man. You are somebody who preaches an anointed message, he would be tired after one hour. You are somebody who ministers to the people who have been demon-possessed, they would be tired. Because you are fighting against the powers of the darkness. And Jesus would have been a very, very tired man because he was a son of man. He would have been tired. 1 o'clock in the morning, he goes to the bed. And in the morning... He's not there. If I was in the place of Jesus, I know Pastor Tak would not do this, but if I'm, in the place of, uh, if I'm in the place of Jesus, I would go into my room and I would put the tag, do not disturb me. And I would, I would tell to my disciples, I will come out when I come out. <laughs> but here in the morning, Jesus is not there. Peter wakes up, he rubs his eyes. Simon rubs, where's Jesus? He slept after me, but where is he? Oh, he might have gone to give the nature's call, you know? He peeped through the window. No, Jesus is not there. They're looking for Jesus, but Jesus is not there. Where is Jesus? 
The Bible says he went to a lonely place to pray. He went to a lonely place to pray. He might have slept at 2 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning, and he got up even before the sun came out. That means before 4 o'clock, because in the east, sun comes out very early. And he, was, he slept for two hours or three hours, but he knew one thing. After a victory, if I have to be ready for another victory, I need to be somebody who would pray. I need to be somebody who would spend time in prayer. And let me tell you, you need a victory after another victory. You need to be somebody who would spend quality time in the presence of God. Simon went searching for Jesus. They all went for searching for Jesus. Let me tell you, they did not go searching after Jesus. They went searching after somebody who was praying. Let me say like this. If you will search God, the world will search after you. If you will be a person who will pray, world will search after a praying person. If you will search God, people will search after you. But if you will run after people, they may stone you. So be somebody who will search God. <laughs> you know, Jesus, after he, after he fed 5,000 men with those five bread and two fish, what did he do? He sent his disciples away, and he went in a lonely place to pray. What is this Jesus teaching us? Don't let pride come in after you have a victory. But be somebody who will go more into prayer. <laughs> If I was in place of Jesus again, you know what I would have done? I would have called my disciples. I would have had five bread in my hand on my right hand, two fish on my left hand. And I would have said, come on, take my picture. <laughs> and tomorrow in the CNN, in the BBC, in, in, in all those newspapers, in News 1, my news should be there. Here is a man who turned five bread and two fish into blah, 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 blah. And then if Pastor, if Pastor Tak calls me for next meeting, I would say put that big signboard there with my picture. <laughs> right, Reverend, most holy, Shaji, Vargas, five bread, two fish. <laughs> but what, what did Jesus do? He went to a lonely place. The more you will humble yourself, the more he will exalt you. <laughs> Let me tell you the power of prayer. One of our missionary and his, and his wife, they were having a meeting in one of the villages. Suddenly anti-Christian people came there they, uh, they, 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 and the police came and they were arrested and they were put behind the bars. For three days we did not know where our brother and our sister is because no case was registered against them. And the intelligence team of the government said that we should put him in a, in, in a place where nobody would know them. They had three little children. And, and the neighbors were taking care of these children. For three days, we kept searching for them. We did not find them. But what was our lady doing? You know, our sister, she was in that cell, in that prison, and she would get on one corner of the, of the cell, and she would start praying every day. Morning and evening, she would kneel down, and she would pray and pray. And when she came out, I asked, didn't you worry about your children? Your husband? She said, I did not worry about anything because I have a living God. And she kept praying. And this is what happened on the third day. As she was praying there, and she was living with all heart, core criminals there and as third day she was praying there the the the, the jail superintendent the lady started having some demon uh, uh, manifestation. She started dancing like a wicked person. And all the, all the inmates there, they, they were scared and they ran into one corner. And our sister was sitting and praying there. And suddenly she heard all this commotion and she got up and she saw this lady having that dance going on there. And she looked at her and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be delivered. And you know what happened? Within seconds, she was delivered. <laughs> our, our, this, this jail superintendent fell flat on the feet of our, our assistants. She thought this is another God. Because, you know, 
Hindus have 33 million God and goddesses. So what's, what, what bothers you one more? You know, so she just fell flat. She said, no, 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 I'm not a God, but I'm servant of the true God. She led her to Christ. And she, she, she asked, what can I do for you? She said, I want to make a call to our leaders so that they will know where I am. They said, no, 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 we cannot do that because government has given us strict instruction that we are not able to reveal your whereabouts. But since you brought this big deliverance in our life, I've gone to many gurus, I've gone to many magicians, witchcrafters, but nobody gave me any kind of deliverance. They all took my money. But today, since you did it, I'll give you my personal mobile phone. Make one call. Power of prayer. She made that one call and we got them out. Jesus showed us a model to pray. You know, his disciples asked him, teach us to Pray. Nobody else in the Bible asked. Why did the disciple ask? Because they saw Jesus praying every time. Prayer brings victory. Now let me come to chapter 2. Jesus came to Capernaum again and it, and it was heard that he's in that house. And many had gathered there. There was no place for anybody else to come in. It was, it was packed. It was packed. Nobody else could enter in. I, and, but there was a man who was paralytic. I don't know how many years he was on this bed. But he heard about Jesus Christ. Maybe he heard about when Jesus came last time there. And he heard how Jesus has healed many people. So he had a desire. He had a passion in, a, in his heart. Next time whenever Jesus Jesus is here, I want to meet Jesus Christ. And he knew that if I would have an encounter with Jesus Christ, he will change my life forever. If you will have an encounter with Jesus Christ, he will change your life forever. And so this man, you know, he wanted to go to Jesus, but there was a problem. He could not do it himself because he was controlled by the situation. He was on this bed. I don't know for how many years. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, I don't know. But he was on this bed. He could never get out of this bed. And this bed would every morning tease him and tell him, you are under my control. You will never get out of me. You will die on me. I will take you where you want to go and I will control your situation. This morning, you might be controlled by situations in your life. Maybe a financial debt, maybe a sickness on your body, maybe family problem, maybe job problem, maybe bankruptcy. I don't know what you are in. You might be controlled by a situation but tonight, uh, this morning, I have a good news. If you will come into the presence of Jesus, he will break every situation. Can somebody say amen? amen. <laughs> this man had a desire to go to Jesus, but there was a problem. He could not do it himself. Let me imagine a little bit, and you imagine with me too. You know, he would have called his relatives. They would have said, we have no time. He might have called his, his, his brothers and sisters. They would have said, we have no time. But four friends said, okay, we will take you to Jesus. Four friends decided, you know, you and I need to be that friend who will take our friend to Jesus Christ. This life is not worth living if you don't bring somebody to Jesus. This four said, we will take you to Jesus. Maybe one said, hey, forget it, not today, we'll do it on Sunday, because that's a holiday. If we do it today, we will lose today's wage. The other three would have said, I don't care if we will lose our wage, even if we are fired, let us be fired, but we will take our friend to Jesus. They came and they took this man, four of them are carrying him. This is pretty heavy. It's not easy. 
As they walk, they, they might be having backache. They might be having shoulder pain. And one would have said, no, no, it's too heavy. We'll take him, then we'll wait for Jesus to come here. The other three would have said, no, no matter what happens, what pain we go through, what price we have to pay, we will take our friend to Jesus. They went through a lot of heat, sun, dehydration. But no matter what happened, they had the heart to take their friend to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, no matter price what you have to pay, be ready to pay to take your friend to Jesus Christ. I have seen death encounter three times. Did I stop doing what God has called me to do? No. I will still preach about Jesus Christ. Till my last breath, I will preach about Jesus Christ. They took him to Jesus. But here there was a problem. That place was filled with people. They could not take him inside. They had only two options. Either take him back or leave him there. Till Jesus comes out of the house. Maybe they went all around the house. When they said we will leave him here. The other one would have said what if Jesus walks out of the kitchen door. They didn't want to take a chance. They were so desperate to take their friend to Jesus. And what happened? They would have tried all the four directions. All the door, all the windows, everything was packed. They could not get in. But they did not give up. Don't give up. Your day is coming. And what happened? They looked upwards. Many times you would not get answer to your prayer looking at the four directions. But when you will look to the heaven, there is an answer for your prayer. When you will look to the heavens, my God will open the heavens for you. For I believe we don't live in a season of mercy drops, but we live in a season of showers of blessing. Look upwards. They looked upwards and then they said, we will rip open the roof. One would have said, the other three would have said, you do it. We are going back. <laughs> People would stone us. They would file a police case against us. They may kill us. They will laugh at us. They would have said, no matter what happens, we'll take our friend to Jesus. And they took him to Jesus. And what happened? Jesus healed him. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. I wondered why did Jesus say your sins are forgiven? He would have said you are healed. But only Jesus has the power to heal the sin. He's such a loving God. The other day when I was reading my Bible in Luke chapter 23, I see there this Jesus was on the cross. He had gone through so much agony, pain and, and brokenness. Blood was oozing out from all his body. He was hanging on three nails and he was between the sky and the, and the earth. And, and, and he, was, he was, that was the worst day of his life because even father had forsaken him. And that's the time one of the thief calls out and says, would you remember me when you are in paradise? Look at the love of Jesus. You know, many times when I have a small headache, when my son comes to me, by the way, I have a family, a beautiful wife and two children. <laughs> when my son comes to me and I have a headache, I would say, Alan, not now. I'll get irritated with him. But look at Jesus, the love. He forgot all his pain when somebody called out to him. He forgot his pain and agony and said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's the love of Jesus for you. And now he said, get up, take your bed and go your way. I did not understand why Jesus wanted him to take his bed and go. I went to my knees and I asked, God, why did you want him to take his bed? I mean, you could have said, just leave your bed here and go. No. Jesus said, take your bed and go. 
I believe like this. He wanted to show the people. For many years I had been controlled by this bed. For many years this situation was controlling me. But now when Jesus came, this situation is not controlling me anymore. But I am controlling the situation. I am not under this bed anymore. I am not under this dictatorship anymore. But because Jesus came, I am controlling. Probably he would have looked at the bed and said, for last 10 years you had been controlling me. For 20 years you had been controlling me. And you have been laughing at me. But today I have authority over you. I can throw you if I want to. I can break you if I want to. I can burn you if I want to. Or I can keep it in my, in my museum. And I can look at you every day. And I can tell you one day you were controlling me. But today I am on top of you. Come on, church, what problem you are in this morning? What situation you are in? I don't care about that. But you have a God who will not allow you to be controlled by situation anymore. But you will control the situation in the name of Jesus. In Gospel of John chapter 5, we read about one man who was lying by the pool of Bethsaida. Not one year, two year, five year, but 38 long years he was there. He was by that pool. He was on that bed. And he was there with an expectation that when that angel will come and when he will stare the water, I will be the first to jump in and I will have my healing. But what happened? The first time when the angel came, somebody else jumped. Maybe a blind man. And he received his sight. And he walked away. And our, 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 this man, he would have thought next year did not happen. Third year, fifth year, sixth year did not happen. His friends would have said, it's impossible for you. It's impossible for you. Go back home. He would have said, no, I will not give up. I will not give up. I will be here. And one day my day will come. One day my day will come. 10 years went by. 15 years went by. 20 years went by. People would have made fun of him. People would have discouraged him. Even his parents would have come and said, son, come back home. We will give you the best you want. We'll make you some nice biryanis. We'll make you some nice steak. And you live like this. And we will take care of you. Because we know you are going to die being content controlled by this situation but this man every time when somebody came and told him something negative he would have said I don't believe what you're saying but I believe that one day my day will come church your day is coming your day is coming the doctor might be said doctor might have said three days three months and you are gone but I'm telling you you're going to live because my bible says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and what happened? Maybe 25th, 30th year, this blind man who received his sight, he came walking there and he said, Oh, you're still here. He said, I'm still here. But one day I will walk. And you know what happened on the 38th year? <laughs> no angel came, friends, for him. But the Messiah himself came. The king of kings himself came. And he was healed. For you, no angels, the king of kings. And this man had a different testimony. What was his testimony? Everybody else said, for me, the angel came, stared the water, and I was healed. But this man said, for you, it was angel. But for me, it was the Messiah. The king of kings himself came and gave me healing. And he kept saying, he kept saying one day my day will come. And his day came. And today, I want to tell you, your day is here. Today is your day. Your day of healing. Your day of miracle. Your day of breakthrough. It is here. Would you like to receive it in the name of Jesus Christ? 
Eight years back, I was preaching in a place and a girl came to me and she said, I want to be prayed for. And I asked, what do you want to be prayed for? She said, I want to become a medical doctor. And her mother was standing behind and she started laughing. I asked, why are you laughing? She said, she, got, she hardly passed her 10th grade. How can she become a doctor? I said, if she will believe, she will see the miracle of God. If you will believe, you'll see the miracle of God. I prayed for her. Last year, I was in the town. She came, this girl came to me, asked me, do you remember me? I said, no, I don't remember. She said, I'm Anu that you prayed for to become a doctor. I said, yes, yes, I remember. I said, what do you do now? She said, you prayed me to become a doctor and you're asking what? <laughs> she said like this, I went back home and I started preaching to myself, one day I will be a doctor. She took out a printout and put it in her bedroom and it said, Dr. Anu. Every morning she would get up and say, one day I would be a doctor. Her parents said impossible. Her brother started making fun of her. Her classmates made fun of her, but she said, one day my day will come. And today she's a medical doctor. Would you close your eyes tonight, this morning? I don't know what you're going through. I see somebody here. I see a person here. You have problems of bankruptcy. And my Jesus is saying, I'm here to bring a breakthrough. I'm going to bring a breakthrough. I see again a person who has problem with his fingers. You cannot move your fingers well and your fingers... You cannot raise, you cannot handle weight, but God is touching you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody here this morning, Lord. And Lord, I pray, like these two men, they were controlled by situation, but when they came to Jesus, they could control their situation. Lord, I pray these people will not be bound under the situation, but they will have victory over their situation, Lord. Bless them and give them breakthroughs. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you very much.